Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. My name is Doug Cunnington, and I have a special guest today, and we're going to talk about uh, Google algorithm updates and staying on the good side of those. So he is from Crowd Content, and his name is Carlos, and he has a what seems to be a simple last name, but I don't want to mess it up. So Carlos, how's it going today, and how do you good. say your last name? <laughs> is Mesa. <laughs> Mesa. Okay. Mesa. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Well, it's it's good to meet you. We're going to dig into a lot of uh, details here. Before we get into it, I want to know a little bit more about you and hear about your background. Um, we actually just met a few minutes ago, so I really don't know much. But yeah, how did you end up you know, working at Crowd Content? What, what's your role there? And then we'll back into some details. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's... Uh... A long, interesting story. Um, so I used to be a banker for many, many years. I was a corporate financier and uh, working with large companies and large banks. Um, but that was my first job out of uh, out of university when I, after I finished engineering. So I, start, I went for engineering, ended up in banking, did that for 13 years, and then decided that, um, you know, uh, I... I it was crushing my soul and I wanted to do something very different. Um, so I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but you know, I didn't know anything about, about any business besides being a banker. Right. So, um, I couldn't start my own bank either, but, um, I decided to go into, into, into a combination of finance and entrepreneurship. So uh, we raised some money and I started looking for companies to, to acquire. And then, um, very quickly into searching for business, we turned into tech. We thought, you know, back in the day, that was back in 2016, um, everywhere that we kick a rock, tech was there and it was growing really fast. So we thought, like, this is a great opportunity. So let's let's focus on tech. So we found um, a SaaS business in EdTech, um, working for, you know, uh, with a product for universities. We bought that company. So I run that company for a few years. And then um, 2018, no, 2020, um, I exited that company. And was thinking about what's going to be next for me. And then some investors approached me. They were looking at crowd content. They wanted to, to buy it from the, from the founder. So a uh, private equity group wanted to buy it from them. And they needed somebody uh, with uh, kind of my background and experience that was willing to take on the company. Um, they also needed somebody that was based out of Canada. British Columbia. So the timing was perfect. Um, it was a smaller company than, than uh, I was used to, but the opportunity was so interesting. I saw the whole um, tailwinds around digital marketing and um, and just in the middle of the pandemic as well, I saw e-commerce and digital marketing, like two big forces um, really that were going to drive the growth in the industry and I, I i looked at the companies that this company has been doing so great and is um has an amazing product and an amazing opportunity so i'm willing to jump in and really take it to the next level so i came in um i took over from the from the founder and i became the ceo and uh he moved on he he, he really liked the company but after 10 years he wanted to you know take a little bit of a break and step out from or step back from the day to day and um so yeah, I, I took over for him. He stayed on the board, stayed as an investor, and um, yeah. Cool. So since then, I've been full on, all in, uh, kind of the uh, content marketing industry. Interesting. And what kind of engineering 
were you studying? I'm an, I'm an industrial engineer. Industrial, okay. And you never yeah. you never used it really specifically. No. Okay. <laughs> I use I use all the math that I learned, but I never right. I never set foot uh, on a plan other than to visit. <laughs> okay, interesting. And what um, my wife has an industrial engineering degree, but she focused on healthcare. So were you more on the manufacturing supply chain side or yeah, design or something? My education was yeah, so supply chain logistics. Plan design, uh, quality assurance, um, yeah, all about okay. around manufacturing and big, big, uh, like big plant operations kind of thing. That was a lot of the focus. But we got to see a little bit of finance, a little bit of business, and then that, that's how I kind of decided to move more into the business side. Gotcha. And I'm curious. I mean, obviously, in the last several years, it's very entrepreneurship focused. When you were a kid, did you have like that sort of inclination? Did you have any like little businesses uh, when you were much younger? Yeah, you know what? It's funny. So there are two things that that come up from from my childhood. One, I used to play bank a lot. Like <laughs> I love to take this was this this little chew box, um, or or uh, you know these boxes are used to have to polish your your chews, right? Yeah. You have a little bit of, of cabinets and a little um, things. So I would put bills there, and then I would play that. That was my counter, and I would play that a lot. So I thought maybe I always wanted to be a banker, uh, but also I had a bunch of business. I remember my first business. I was like five years old, so I would take these these pictures and I would frame them with uh, with straws, and they'd go around the neighborhood trying to sell them. So you know, I was five, and since then I always have little side hustles all the time. Yep. So uh, I made chocolates at some point and so, sold them at school until the teachers told me to stop. Um, yeah, but I've done a little bit of everything. That's funny. Yeah, it, oftentimes. When we're much younger, you know, you, you're like showing signs and foreshadowing for some stuff you're going to get into later. So, okay, very cool. And anything else about your background that we may find interesting that I didn't ask you about here? Uh, yes, it's, I don't know if it would be interesting. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah, I can. I kind of think of it of anything. Um, inter- well, I'm Colombian. I uh, okay. um, I moved to to Canada. I immigrated to Canada just about 10 years ago. Okay, cool. Yeah. Very nice. All right. Well, before we get into sort of the algorithm updates and um, staying clear of them and understanding, you know, what's going on, I do want to dive in a little bit deeper um, to your background. And I want you to tell us why we should listen to you. It sounds like you're newer to the SEO side and you're newer to content marketing and stuff like that. So why are you qualified to talk about algorithm updates and stuff like that? Yeah, what is what is my EAT? Yep. <laughs> well, I think I, I've been I've been in. I don't know if you should listen to me or not. Let's 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 set the bar low right at the gate. But <laughs> I don't know if, if I were to 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 make my case, I've been in business now for what almost twenty years. I've I've seen a lot of different businesses. I, I think I got into to a little bit of pattern recognition of what works and what doesn't in business. I know how to scale companies, and uh, over the last at least the last six seven years, I've been a lot focused on the on the scaling up, um, demand generation. Um, and just growth side of, of of business. So our last two businesses, so the one that we acquired, this last company was all about scaling up and, and growing and the same about this. Um, and now that I've been doing this um, this business barely 20 months, um, a lot of my folks have been really understanding the industry since day one. That's been, I, I, it's very hard for us to add value, grow the product, improve it without an intimate understanding of the industry. So I probably spent, 
60% of my time just um, studying the industry, talking to to experts, talking to clients. I think that's one of the biggest things to, to really understand what's going on. Uh, attending conferences, uh, doing webinars. Uh, really, so I, I become a um, very applied um, student of, of the industry, which is fascinating because uh, it changes every day. And is uh, <laughs> there's no way to go to university for SEO and say, I, I know SEO because it changes every day. So, yeah, again, I don't know if you should listen to me, but, <laughs> 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 but I have a little bit of experience in business and finance, and, and that has, uh, you know, really served me well over the last, over the last year running this business. All right, cool. And I just wanted to, you know, get that out of the way and make sure people people understand. And one thing, you know, I don't know if this question is going to go anywhere. There are some people that have been in SEO for, you know, 10, 15, even, you know, the longest, maybe 20 years or so. And they may have some baggage. Do you think coming in as a newer person learning gives you any advantage over someone who's been an SEO maybe say for 15 years, for example? Probably. I think uh, one of the things that I appreciate a lot in, 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 in people um, and in business is uh, people come with fresh perspectives. Sometimes I'm very open to hire people from different backgrounds because they might apply those, those skills and those um, kind of those, those mental models into a new business and, and come up with things that people are not seeing. What, what happens now when you're, you're in the weeds for so long is, is, is very hard to kind of step back and take that 30,000 feet, uh, feet view uh, of things, right? Because you, you're so close to the action that um, it's very easy to get lost in the weeds. So I think that I wouldn't say it gives me an edge, but at least gives me a fresh perspective and not having to think about, you know, things were being that are being done this way for 10 years. Um, and especially in this industry where things change so fast, um, I think it's very important to come uh, with a fresh perspective, um, more mm-hmm. so than in our industries. Yep. And I, I could see, you know, maybe you come in, I don't think you did this specifically, Carlos, but, you know, you come in as a new CEO and you keep asking, you know, why, 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 why? And people are like, well, that's just what we've, that's what we've done for so many years. And then, you know, maybe it's not the best way. Maybe it is the best way, but they haven't revisited those ideas in a little while. So I could certainly see, you know, fresh ideas, fresh perspective, even some ignorance in there, you know, until you learn yeah. what's going on. Um, and it forces people to rethink their positions that they've held for so long. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I think that, what is it called? The, the toddler rule, you know, a three year old, three year olds <laughs> ask three times why at least. So yep. uh, yeah, I like to think about it that way. It just is. Okay. Well, let's transition. And we have a set of questions, uh, some ideas we're going to go through. Uh, first question sounds really simple, but I think it's a very complex area. How do you avoid getting hit by Google algorithm updates. Well, I was uh, preparing for the podcast and, and preparing for this, and I, I made probably at least 12 to 15 different things that you need to do. But I'm going to start with probably some of them. It's kind of, it's funny because it's obvious, but uh, sometimes people don't, don't, don't spend some time, uh, enough time on this, but right for humans, that would be my, my first, um, my, my first tip around protective for an algorithm, an algorithm update, right? It's all about really the content. There is a lot of technical SEO stuff and, and um, speed and other things. But I think, you know, uh, and Google says it all the time, it's all about the content. Content is king, right? And when you we're talking about the content, what is what is good quality content? Um, well, we think at least um, 
nor company that you have to write for humans. Like I was telling you uh, before we, we started the, 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 the interview or the, or the podcast, I think some, some people have lost their way and I, they're getting way too deep on SEO and SEO techniques, SEO hacks. Um, and they've forgotten a little bit about what is the whole point of this. And the whole point of content is to inform somebody about something, right? Or, or, or help them find some answers, right? So going back to, to basics and, okay, let's write for humans. And what does that mean? Well, let's write, let's try to answer the question. Um, I was um, in, in Moscow just recently, and I think it was Will Reynolds uh, in one of his talks. He showed a, a few cases where, you know, uh, the, the query and you see the top results, none of them were answering the question that the, that the searcher is asking, right? So the searcher is going to Google to solve a problem. And uh, uh, sometimes we're not giving them the answer. So I think the best content is the one that is given the best answer or given the um, the, the, the answer in the, in the most clear way. Now, it, it, we need to appeal to their emotions as well. I think about what is this content really? What emotions? Because these people at the end that are, at the end of the day are, are, are reading this. Okay, so let's think about the emotions. What are we trying to solve for them, right? Uh, let's use a storytelling. Make it, let's make it easy for them to understand the content, right? Let's, uh, is good readability, um, you know, focus on the intent. This, not focus so much about the keywords, and I don't want to say forget about the keywords. Yeah, keywords are still important, but let's not uh, get so obsessed about the keywords. Let's think about, okay, what is really the intent, right? Um, so all those things are, how do we make it really, how do we make the searcher uh, the, the start of the show and not so much all these SEO techniques? So that's that's probably my, my first point and the one I think one of the most important is all, all about also having original content, right? Um, and always, how can, can I do better than my competitors, right? What are, what am I ranking for? What are my competitors ranking for? What are the people that are, are ranking me? How can I learn uh, from them and do, and keep doing better, right? The, the thing about this, uh, about the SEO game and the content game, um, is that you always have to, you know, co- constantly refreshing ourselves and, and, and getting better because your competitors are going to look at you. Oh, now you're ranking us and they're going to copy you or do something similar. And then you, you have to keep, you know, going up and up. And, and unfortunately that's, that's, that's how the game goes. Right. Um, I think another thing is about EAT, right? A lot of us keep hearing about this and Google keeps mentioning, mentioning that all the time. So is your content, um, is authoritative, right? Like you, you asked me, why would you li- listen to you? Like the same, same you need to ask yourself, like when you're writing your content, why people should should listen to you, right? Um, and and Google keeps giving more weighting to that. Um, so, you know, keeping EAT in mind, uh, is, is this content um, really has the expertise, has the background, uh, things like sure. that. Um, there is another thing that I, I don't know if a lot of people think about it this way, but um, I want to think about content about a por- like a portfolio. And let me let me elaborate a little bit on that. Mm-hmm. If maybe you either have several sites or you have just one site, but if you have ser- several sites, um, you're spreading the risk of an algorithm up- update. Meaning, you know, maybe you have ten sites, and after an algorithm update, you might have two that are winners, two that are losers and every, everybody else in between. That's going to help you spread the risk. You can, if you think about one, only one site, um, 
then you also want to think, okay, what are the pieces within my, within my side that might be losers, winners, and everybody in between. So uh, if you have, you know, 80, uh, 90% of your traffic coming from one uh, piece of content, maybe you should think about diversifying, diversifying that, right? Because if you're, if you're hit by an algorithm and then you lose 50% of your traffic, Overnight, then you're going to lose 50% of your of your business overnight. So, you know, thinking about your your content's portfolio uh, could also help. Um, you know, keeping it clean—that's what we call it. You know, avoiding any any black hat uh, tactics. You know, selling, buying links. Um, also, clean content um, in terms of you know topics that could be seen as harmful. Sure. Um, I think um, Google is also putting a lot of emphasis on that. I'm going to stop there for a second because I, you know, you can yeah. keep me here. <laughs> yeah. I was <laughs> going to say going and going. it's uh, I got to give you a break from talking the whole time too. So, well, yeah, a couple of quick things to highlight there, especially the, the last point around having sort of diversification within your own site. And it depends on the site, but it, yeah, I've had friends where, or in a couple of my sites where I got almost all the traffic to like two or three posts. And then if those drop just one position, it's devastating to the site versus if you have, you know, different kinds of content, maybe some reviews, some informational, some are more focused on how to or something. It's a widespread um, situation. And even if an algorithm uh, update hits you, maybe it's only a subset of your content. So very, very insightful. Cool. Well, what about um, one thing you didn't mention is uh, site speed. So yeah, what what do you think about site speed? Anything to add in there? Yeah. Um, so if we're thinking, okay, does site speed impact uh, rankings? I think the, the answer, like uh, the SEO's preferred answer, it depends. Yeah, <laughs> but is. no, but it it, it does and it doesn't. Meaning, having let, let's say if you're if you're improving your speed and everything keeps equal, it's not going to help you rank much better. But if you have two sites that are with the same, they're very comparable, very similar. But one has better speed. The, the side with better speed is gonna is gonna outrank the other one. So when 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 all things equal and uh, and the signals, um, so to say, you know, the same quality of content, uh, the same expertise, the speed might be a deciding factor. So and indirectly, I think it kind of this this is a good segue to talk about uh, user experience, right? Because it's all about user experience, and the speed is one of those things about user experience. So indirectly, what can happen if that is uh, if your site is slow, there's a higher likelihood that people are gonna bounce in the first few seconds. I think there is some data around around that that if you your page doesn't load in the first three seconds, at least fifty percent of of uh, visitors are gonna bounce. Um, I don't know. Don't quote me that stat, uh, and I can I can find it uh, for you. But um, what I'm saying is that indirectly, if you have low speed, um, you're sending the signal that people are bouncing uh, a, a higher bounce rate, and then uh, maybe it's not a speed signal; it's a bounce uh, rate signal, but it's still under uh, uh, impacted by 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 a speed. So, I mean, I think that's one of the sim simple things to fix. It's harder to produce quality content. It's way easier to to have good speed. So it's like a is a no brainer. Like why wouldn't you have the be the, the best speed that you can afford to have? Sure. And I think 
some people can get obsessed. I've done this myself. It's kind of a fun problem to solve to like get your site loading as fast as possible. What what weight do you put on like the core web vitals? Because I've had some sites that they were actually they're very fast and real world experience, you know, load them on a mobile device, um, on a mobile signal, on a data signal and all that. And it's still not a you know top score in core web vitals. So or the site's uh, page speed insights. So yeah, where where do you stand on that? Is do we like scrape away some of the detail and just say, all right, it's loading fast, so it'll have a good user experience, or should we like really try to troubleshoot everything in core web vitals and make sure you know that's hundred percent green? Yeah, I think I would I would focus on the low hanging fruit on core web vitals, meaning anything that you can be uh, a simple fix. Uh, get it done. Core Web Vitals are table of stakes, right? Uh, you have to have just good health on your site. However, I would always spend more time on producing quality content, quality, uh, you know, focus on, on, on the experience. Like, am I really answering the question? I might, that's where I would focus, like the 80 20 rule, right? I think 80% of, of the quality of your site is going to become, is going to come from the content. Every, uh, the mm-hmm. other, you know, is going to come from other signals. But Core Web Vitals are, 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 are table stakes. So after a while, you know, after you have the, the basics uh, fixed, you know, maybe you start getting diminishing returns. So what I'm trying to say is like after a certain point, you can keep investing and maybe doubling down on your Core Web Vitals or your speed and you're not going to get, you know, the return, right? So I would say, you know, just focus on the low-hanging fruit, the, min- the, the, the minimum that you need to still, still be competitive. Um, and then go back to focusing on the quality of your site, meaning the quality of the content and, and, and the experience, because not only the quality of the content, but, but I mean, the layout is important, right? Readability. Uh, is it, you know, the, are the ads too intrusive, right? Uh, you want to make sure you have a, a, a good experience. So uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I think it, I, I jump a little bit over, over the place, but I hope, I hope that no, answers. No. You question. no, no, you got it. And I think that's the thing. Like I, I spent, probably too much time optimizing and there were diminishing returns as long as your site's loading, you know, fast enough and it's not, you know, the worst in the crowd and maybe in the top, you know, top 20% of the industry, you know, probably varies between industry, like how quick the sites load and how complicated the, the formatting and all that stuff is. So just don't be the worst, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't be the worst, but you don't need to be the best to rank. Uh, I, I also seen the c- cases where sites, they're just okay uh, with the speed and core web vitals, but they have amazing content and they're still going to outrank other uh, uh, sites that are way faster. So, Here's a quick thanks to our sponsor, Otis Global. That's O-D-Y-S dot global. The source for premium age domain with strong branding and powerful backlinks. Feature domain for today is Yoga Stea. It's S-T-E-Y. Ya.com, and they provided paid yoga lessons for people of all abilities. Created back in 2012, so it's 10 years old, domain rating of 31, domain authority of 34, and I think you have a lot of uh, capability on this one. So as far as monetization, you can review 
yoga products. You can review yoga courses, which are digital products, which are great to promote. You could actually have uh, somewhat of a directory for different yoga studios across the nation or the world, whatever you would want. If you were able to partner with a you know, yoga instructor, you actually could have, you know, your own sort of live classes or some, some sort of, uh, you know, coaching system. And I think that would be uh, very profitable, especially if you're able to just refer folks over. And, and further, I mean, you already have like a handful of backlinks here, a hundred referring domains and 80 of those are do follow with links from like Huffington Post .co.uk, the Guardian, yogajournal.com, and of course, many others. But the thing is, you have a huge networking capability with a site like this. There are many influencers on you know various social media platforms that you can work with that are not competitors that would love to get some coverage on a site. Uh, further, you know, there's just so many products that you can review both uh, digital and physical products. So you have a lot of uh, flexibility with that. And of course, you could have informational content and publish, uh, you know, how-to articles and other questions that people have. But I think in this case, a lot of the content could be a lot more valuable and monetizable if it was uh, affiliate type offers. So thanks to Otis Global if you join using my affiliate link, you can get $100 in your account. And if you buy something, I might get a commission. So thanks a lot. And let's get back to the show. Okay, so moving on, let's say someone has a site and it's, you know, recently been hit in an update, which actually the time that we're recording this, there, I think there was a another recent update, like in the last week. So I think there was a a May core update and then a lot of people dropped. And then I think there was some tweaks done. So people recovered their sites. And then I think in the last week, they, a lot, many of them dropped back down. So let's say someone had a site that dropped down. Is there a way to sort of figure out the quote reason why the site dropped? I don't know if there's a way uh, or one specific answer, because it may be, the car update or it might not. So I think the, my, my first thought is you need to, you know, don't panic, right. <laughs> stay, stay cool. You know, don't make any rush, you know, um, decision. I could understand like somebody lost 50% of traffic. You know, it could be, could be a, a pretty major impact, but I think the first, the first reaction should be, you know, don't panic. There is a lot of volatility around core updates. Right. So because they don't release the whole thing, they kind of do they re, they roll it out uh, over a period of time and a lot of things go up and down over that period. So the volatility is is very high. So you need to, to wait until things kind of settle down before saying, oh, my God, I got hit for uh, by the or I, I uh, my my traffic triple and now. Uh, you know, I'm going to buy an island and a boat. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so you need to kind of. Uh, uh, keep, 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 keep your, your, your brain cool for a sec and then step back and, and analyze the data after maybe a, a few weeks to see, okay, did it stabilize? Again, after the dust kind of settle, 
Um, but it's, it's hard to, to say if that was the reason. Sometimes you need to do more, more analysis than that, right? You need to look at the dates, look at the behavior, look at your industry. That's very important as well. What happened to your to your cohort? Let's say um, if you're in the, the home improvement industry, look at your competitors. Did all of us get hit or was it just me, right? Because it might be it might be relative, right? If, if all the industry got hit, so yeah, maybe... They all got hit by the core update, but it's, it's something about the, the the cohort or the industry, and it's not just and it's not just my side. So it's also important about relative, not only to just yourself, but also to to your competitors. So is is um, I think the question was, can you find one specific reason? Yeah, and maybe well, you, you were you were getting into um, maybe analyzing a little bit more. So once you've s- done a little broad analysis, like is there any things you could look at for your site specifically where you can kind of maybe see where you need to spend some time to improve things? I would say the after the dust has settled, because again, we don't want to um, have false positive, false positive, or false negatives, right? Um, you need to look okay what could it be the different reasons, right? I would always go start with quality because again, every time that we look at, at, at Google <laughs> updates, they're all about quality, they're all about user experience. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 the same, it's the same theme, it's different shades, right? Uh, last year was about product descriptions, right? Uh, this year, it looks more, it's more around EAT. There's a lot about your money, your life. So look at, okay, what are, um, what are the what is the, the theme for this particular update? Uh, and you can see that when um, when the update comes and some of the, the Google notes. Um, uh, uh, we were just talking about the the Google Raider um, quality uh, guidelines. They just got updated. So look what was updated. Is that related to my content? Right. If you're in the uh, your money your life um, side of, of of content, then. Maybe this this is this is one of the reasons you need to to go and look. Okay, if now the Google came out with some examples, do these some examples apply to to my content? Also, look who were the winners. Like, look compared to the winners, what are they doing different? So you need to compare. Okay, do we have um, longer pieces? Are they providing more data? Do are they, they do, do they have um, wider wider spread on on the topics they are covering? Or are they just going deeper, right? And then compare, okay, who who, who raised to the top? Now, after the, this query, who, who who is the one in the top position? What are they doing different? So I, that's what I, what, what I would start. Um, but the, the core web vitals, I think, is something that you should always be checking, mm-hmm. like regardless of core updates or not. So because it, it changed, I think, after a while, your, your, your site decays. So it's something that you need to be checking all the time so again i would start with quality um look at the competition and uh look at who's at the top there's a lot of uh, people that we can follow uh that come with analysis about the update and they have uh they, they produce a list of uh you know the losers and the and the winners and they, they identify some patterns so go check that that uh if if some applies to you right i think people like lily ray um she just um Published a, a great article, and and she gives a list of you know these were the the top tau- the top thousand losers and the top thousand winners, and then you can go and see what find some patterns. Got it. Okay, and some people uh, fortunately haven't experienced a manual 
penalty before. I have a couple of them a few times. So good learning experience, but you know, you don't really want that to happen. Can you talk about the relationship between a manual penalty versus the algorithm updates that we see? Well, there, I mean, the Google, the, the core update is for everybody, right? The manual penalties can be very specific to your site or somebody, somebody's site, right? Um, and then the manual penalty can happen a- anytime. I think when there is, um, when there is an, an update, um, there's probably more scrutiny around around certain sites, right? And because the the radar guidelines get updated, um, then there might be some some things that got updated and now trigger a manual um, a manual penalty. So we might see some more manual penalties after a Google uh, core update because again the the, the guidelines get um, updated. But sometimes there are unrelated. You just you just got caught, right? Um, right? At some point between updates, just got caught. Somebody found because um, they're they're, they're um, the, the the raiders, the Google raiders, are all the time looking at, uh, at uh, data, looking at different sites, and uh, if they found that you have either thin content or spammy spammy links, or you know just uh, not good links, or some right. other. Other or the reasons why uh, you you get a manual manual update it can happen anytime, uh, regardless of of the Google update or not. Yep. And you mentioned the rating or the Raiders guidelines, which there's a big document, and I I didn't realize there, there was an update recently. Um, and I know you probably haven't read the whole the whole new one, but do you know of any highlights? I know you mentioned there were a couple, you know, kind of broad changes that were out there. I'm not sure if you have them handy. If not, it's no big deal, but. Yeah, no, I was actually reading it uh, before, <laughs> before talk, but I think um, one of the biggest ones is about your money, your life. And Google got a little bit more specific about, you know, differentiating what is, um, like a high risk uh, or something harm, harmful against what what isn't, right? So there is really good examples um, on that, uh, which I, I don't think they had before. Okay, um, so I can I can find it for you. I can send it after the um, sure. the, the chat. But I think that's that's probably the biggest highlight uh, that I saw in the in the document. Okay, yeah, we'll we'll uh, link up to that so people can read it before they go to bed and fall asleep as they're bored to death. It's like a hundred page <laughs> yeah, document, right? That will, that will definitely put them to sleep at 167 pages. Okay. Yeah. And I have, I read the previous or one of the previous versions in the past. It is very insightful. And I mean, I think if you're the thing we're harping on often is like the content quality. And if you're thinking about that and the user experience, like usually you're in pretty good shape there. Okay, so cool. Well, and let's actually move on a little bit more to user experience. You've talked about it some. And one thing I often say when there's a, you know, a question that comes up where the answer is it depends and it's, you know, kind of a, an obscure SEO question where like, you know, maybe 2 years ago the answer was one thing, now it's switched, now it's another thing. A lot of times I just try to ignore the SEO answer and think about the end user. So, User experience, obviously very important. Anything else you want to add that you didn't mention already? Yeah, I know. Um, so we talked about 
Um, the technical side of user experience, right? So, of course, the speed. We talked about the speed. Um, just the layout of your site. Is it easy to follow, right? Uh, and I think one, one thing that has become more predominant um, and more important is um, mobile, right? We know now that probably 80% or uh, there is a stat for that as well. I think it's 60 to 80% of the queries come from mobile devices, mm-hmm. right? So you need to be optimized for, for mobile. It's just, again, table of stakes. Um, that's the other part about um, um, user experience that is very important. Readability. I mean, besides creating quality content that um, that, ha- that has EAT, that is, that is answering the questions, has to be easy to follow. So using bullet points, uh, like short paragraphs, short sentences, good, good H1, H2 structures, um, images, right? Is it like very rich content where let's say you're talking about a product description, you have a good image about the product, pictures, things like that. Um, maybe have a video there, but uh, it, it's all about, you know, really giving the, the user a good experience. And, you know, it, it's not only you're going to rank better, but uh, your your user, your reader is going to stay longer in your site. So the longer they stay, your conversion rate is going gonna, is gonna to increase as well. Um, so yeah, those, those are some of the things that uh, come to mind around user experience. Cool. And one of the other questions we have here is how to check if your site has been affected by an algorithm update. And, you know, sometimes it's obvious, right? Your traffic drops like by a huge amount, but I think sometimes it could be more minor. So are there any other ways to check, uh, whether your site's been hit? Well, most of it is traffic, right? But um, again, after after a, a couple of weeks after the, the the update, look at the different tools, look at your traffic, look also isolate, you know, but the different the different pages within your site, which are the ones uh, maybe having a drop or having a an increase. Um, there is one interesting one about isolated queries. That's about when sometimes a query that is not totally related to your site. Um, is the one that is uh, prompting your site to come up. Um, I read about a case where sometimes logos that somebody had in their site were the ones that were prompting the site to rank. So, you know, check, is there, is there isolated query? So look at the SERP, not only look at the tools, but also look at, it, at the SERP because, you know, you can go to SEMrush, HREF, and look, okay, these are the analytics uh, or Google Search Console, but also do the exercise of going to the SERP and, and checking for the terms and see what it, because the SERP is also going to change around the algorithm update. It's gonna it's gonna fluctuate um, the rankings in, in uh, over those days. But you gotta you know do the double check not only the tools and the analytic tools, but also go 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 straight to the SERP. Got it. And a lot of the recent updates, or at least there's been a few recent updates around affiliate review content, and Google's been pretty tough on some of those sites in the last, I would say, two years or so. Um, so can you talk about the the position that Google has taken for affiliate programs? And yeah, I'll, I'll leave it sort of open. Can you just talk about it a little bit? Yeah, and I think, uh, I don't think Google has anything against uh, affiliate programs and probably, um, uh, you know, it's a, a big revenue generator for, for, for them in a way. Um, but... I think it's all about thin content, right? Um, I think there is a lot of sites out there that are just doing the bare minimum, 
uh, just trying to, to spin to spin some content, but it, they're not adding any value. And what Google says all over um, in many different ways is, are you adding value or are you just using somebody else's content and, and, and not, is, is the searcher better off after they leave your site? Is the question that people need to ask. And that's why uh, Google is, is becoming or seen as tough with affiliates uh, because I think there's just a, a, a ton out there that are not really doing enough homework uh, of adding value um, is really, is really helping the searcher make a decision, right? Making a, a purchase decision. Um, it, it's all about, about adding value to a user. And, and again, Google always is about user experience. So um, probably they saw there, um, there was a gap, right. Of, of maybe low quality experience for users and that they put a lot of emphasis um uh, from last year it was you know i know i hate a lot of people very hard right and i think you know marketers ruin everything that's uh i can't remember if seth godin said it or maybe gary v but yeah marketers just like something works and then they do too much of it and you know there's a lot of affiliate marketers and you know people like me talking about it and then more people do it and then yeah there, it's like the lowest barrier to entry but over time there's so many of those sites, the quality is kind of low. So there had to be some differentiation. So I see, I see that going where, you know, they, like you said, they have to deliver more quality, but I think one of the things Google probably looks at, this is unconfirmed. I'm just speculating. I wonder what you think, Carlos is, you know, if you have original images and maybe like, you know, video, um, yep. that would be great. You know, that, that is, I mean, you would have to buy the products or at least like be near it or talk about it a little bit more, but yeah. Do you, have you seen anything, you know, putting original images in content to differentiate? Yeah, absolutely. And I think I actually Google said it clearly, you need to demonstrate expertise on using the product. Right. And to that images would be great videos would be better right can you show that you actually use the product and you are talking from an expert from an expertise point of view right and i know sometimes it's hard right you cannot test every single product or um who was i i, I was uh, listening to somebody in a podcast yesterday and he said well we were talking about hvac products we cannot send an hvac to uh, uh to each each writer to test it right but what, what that means is just the bar keeps going up. Uh, and we have seen a lot of our clients come and say, look, now I definitely need to put images. I also want to do infographic and I also want to do a video. So sometimes we do a script for videos. And I, I hear uh, a lot of people in the industry, a lot of content creators, they're just complementary or very rich content, right? So they have the blog, but also they have a video and they have an image. And all these have to be complementary. It's not the point of, okay, the video is going to say exactly the same that the article says. It's going to be, you know, this is this is a, compa a companionship thing. Uh, so it's going to make the, make the experience richer. And also it's going to demonstrate that you actually tested the product. Yep. Got it. Okay. One thing that I've been spending a lot of time on recently, which I didn't think I was going to do, is AI tools. So for the last... I don't know, two years, every day, someone asked me about AI tools and if they can work. And I resisted for a really long time, but eventually I could tell that the audience wanted to know more. And I was curious because a lot of people I respect were saying, hey, you should check out. Some of the tools are much better than they used to be. Where, you know, you're, you're a content company, right? So you're, 
you're, I expect you're biased against um, AI tools, but yeah, what do you think of the AI tools? Have you played around personally with some of them to see what they can do? Yeah, not at all. But can I? I and I know. Can I? Can I switch role and ask you? And, and yeah. ask you, what, what is your take? What What was your experience? So early on, I tested out just one or two of the tools, and it was pretty much garbage. So this was after GPT three came out. And everyone was very excited. So I, I checked out, again, just a couple of the tools. And it was you know repetitive. It was gibberish. The grammar was way off. And I was like, it's not ready yet. I'm um, lazy, a little bit busy. And I was like, I don't care enough right now. And I was, I don't want to use beta tools. I don't, I want to, I want to use a tool on version three or something. So anyway, a couple years went by and just last week, I started using uh, Jasper AI, and it has been okay. Um, some things it does pretty good. I was impressed with some general, you know, quote research that I can do. You know, creating outlines for well-covered topics written on the internet, timeless things, evergreen things that are going to be, you know, pretty easy for an AI tool to research, um, or at least provide output because it has all that information in the database. So, so far it's been the areas that work well. I was like, that's actually pretty good. And I can see how someone can use it. There are many tools out there and I'm pretty sure some of them are, are bad. Some of them probably excel in one or two areas. So I'm giving it a, a good chance. I'm coming in with an open mind and I'm, I know some tools are going to have um, they all have strengths and weaknesses, so I'm going to focus on you know the good stuff and understand what's not working well. Yeah, no, I uh, thank thanks thanks uh, thanks for entertaining the question sure. because I, I'm always curious. Like this this topic is is fairly new, I would say. Um, it is, but it isn't. But now it's becoming you know more talked about and and it's coming more and more. And also, well, on the other on the other hand, Google saying yeah we we were pen, penalizing AI content. But I think you know the whole thing around AI is 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 it has many layers, right? So I'm not biased against it. Uh, all the country we actually launched uh, AI powered uh, product last year just as an experiment, right? Because we one of our thinking is look, okay, AI is here. And is is not only in copywriting, but uh, around in many many things. So it's here to stay. It's not. It's not going to go anywhere. So if we're going to be disrupted, we might as well disrupt ourselves and and get on with the program and understand this technology, what it can do, and what we can do with it. So we launch a a, a, a product that is AI power. So we we have the the machine produce kind of a draft, and then we have a human to edit it and also give give it input. So I think the problem is when people go to streams, right? Like uh, the AI tools are there are not supposed to just create content and then you don't touch and then you polish it. That's I don't think that's that's the idea because again uh, it, it, it's lazy and it's penalized. It will be penalized right? because there's not probably not original content, maybe gibberish sometimes. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think uh, I was talking to somebody about it and he said it start hallucinating, so it start coming <laughs> up with, with weird stuff. Uh, but um, I see AI as an aid, right? It's another tool and. We're starting to do some experiments, and what we can we can see is uh like turbocharging the, the writer, meaning sometimes you know writer might have a writer block, like uh, mm-hmm. or they need to to 
to spin a, a, a paragraph or, or a sentence in a different way. So it's just helping be a little bit faster, maybe helping with some of the research. So we see AI as something that is going to get the writers and make them uh, more, more efficient, right? Just helping them um, be faster. How, you know, computers or Excel help us be faster in everything that we do. I think, you know, AI copywriting might be one of those tools that when you pair with a good writer and a good editor, it's going to help you to produce maybe uh, content in a faster way, maybe um, reduce the time for research. Outlines we have seen uh, is promising what we have seen in terms of outlines. Um, so, but there's still a lot that you, there's a lot of interaction. So it's, it's a co-writing, it's a co-writing exercise, right? So it's, it's human and machine combined. I think that could produce pretty good results. Um, I think quality, quality content is still going to be, is going to be king. Uh, but how do you produce it? Um, you know, you can probably use AI for some of it um, and just get it, get it faster and be able to produce more, more, more articles in, in, in less time. But I think you always have to think, okay, am I producing quality content? Is, is, is this authoritative? Is this uh, uh, providing value? Right. But I don't see anything wrong with using the machine to, to help you do it faster. Mm-hmm. And one of the, one of the arguments that I had against the tools before I tested it more was you know me personally the writing and the thinking that I'm doing I I hope it's not just regurgitated in fact the best stuff that I come up with is usually like a couple ideas like maybe I listen to a couple podcasts maybe I read a book and maybe I watched a TV show and it's like the idea the thread that ties all of those together and unfortunately, I'm, I'm pretty sure none of the tools are going to be able to do that. Now, I may be able to feed in, like you said, feed in some inputs and then get a narrative on the other side that maybe I can edit. But I mean, I, I, my writing skills are probably like medium to like slightly above average. So for me to you know come up with my ideas and then write them down, it's probably better than me like going through the tool. So that was one of my, I think it's kind of a weak argument, but I think depending on the content that you're creating, if you're coming up with original ideas that you're tying things together, like an AI tool is just not going to be able to do it. But, you know, like you said, I mean, there's a bunch of use cases where it it will totally work. And if you, you know, hold its hand enough and you, you know, collaborate with the machine, then maybe it'll work out. So what about the, so you guys came up with a product. Can you talk about like the workflow that you guys have or like how's the product going or anything? Yeah, it's, it's funny. It's, it's called rocket content and it's, it's been going like a rocket. So there's a lot of, uh, I, you know, I was surprised with the amount of demand that we got for it. Um, so it's been only six months, but it's going, it went from zero to, uh, to now, I think we we're in eight digits. Um, no, no, sorry. Is it, I'm not, I don't know how to count digits. No, six, <laughs> seven, six. no five, 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 he's doing five figures a month. Okay. Um, so it's, it's pretty decent. Um, it's going pretty decent and the feedback has been positive. Um, and it's very cost efficient. So, but how the workflow is, is, um, we get a top. We get a topic, or we get some keywords. Uh, we still do some keyword research, and then we feed the tool uh, with the topics, and then we have a human interacting with the tool. 
what, what is important is that we is not this doesn't this is not automated, right? So it's not like okay, here is my keyword and then just give me give me a full article. Uh, is is an iterative process? Okay, so here's my H1 and then they produce a little bit and then here's the H2 and then they produce a little bit or here's the the seed sentence and then it produces the rest. So there's a lot of interaction back and forth when the, the article is finished gets edited, uh, you know, final touches, and then sent to a client. Um, I just got to say, this is, a, this is a product that is how we're targeting is for for people that want to experiment with certain, with certain ideas in a cost-efficient manner, right? This is not supposed to be your main pillar content or your, your, um, your best content. This is intended to, okay, I want to test these ideas, um, and I want to do it in a, in a, in a cost-efficient way. So let's let's uh let's test it and uh yeah because if you're going to experiment you want it to be cost efficient right so and then when 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 people find some winners then they come back and then we can create okay now let's create a uh, a higher quality piece and or let's uh, let's go uh, bigger on this on this topic it's kind of the the bullets and cannonballs uh kind of theory right let's 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 fire bullets and if we find if we hit target okay and then let's go with a cannonball i mean let's invest on this on this topic and go and go deeper Okay, cool. And that's rocket content. Yeah. Is that right? Cool. And I'm pretty sure, you know, I do a lot of live streams and people ask questions. I'm pretty sure I made fun of rocket content because I didn't know what it was. And uh, so, yeah, sorry, it wasn't anything personal. I was just like, I don't know about these AI tools. So, uh, you know, I'm just telling you straight up so you don't have to hear it from somebody else. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. I mean, it's going well. So, yeah. Well, We'll link up to it so people can get to it and everything. Um, and actually, I went back and forth with one of your team members because, you know, someone was like, hey, do you want to do a promotion? And I'm like, I don't know about the AI content. This has been, it's only been a month ago. But now that I've experimented with the tools and I can see some value, but that, you know, the way you explained it is perfect where, you know, you have a maybe a, a content cluster or a set of keywords and you don't know, you know, which hundred of those are going to rank. So you can get a quick draft out there using something like rocket content. You can, you, you know, use one of the tools straight up, publish quickly. It is probably going to be, we'll say, I'm just going to make it up and say it's like a quality, um, content of like uh, five, you know, zero to 10. And it's a, it's average, it's average at best. Then you can see what's ranking and then you go back you put your writer on it and then you, you make it longer. You add some maybe specific examples. You uh, maybe have, you know, custom original images and then you make it, you know, much better article. And maybe, maybe then it's only like 50%, you know, AI written or AI aided or assisted or whatever. So is that the kind of the right approach that you've seen with your customers? Yeah, that's exactly it. So I think you, you, you got it right. So, like you have cluster words or cluster topics that we want to test. We don't know how it's going to go. You know, a lot of I know a lot of people in your audience might be or or some of our clients. You know, they're they're this their side thing or they're just starting. Right? They don't have the the, the cash flow, so they have to be uh, pretty scrappy and, and very smart with their with their with their uh, cash flow. So maybe this is a, a cheap way to to test some uh, some concepts, some ideas, and then when you find some traction or you, you find some promise, okay, let's now double down and let's uh, get serious about this content and then let's put, you know, um, 
let's step up that game, right? And then you probably need a, a, a mostly human, uh, maybe your, your content of, of AI goes down to 10% or 5%. I think we're starting to experiment in how to, to, to really use it for workflows. And it, what I see in the future is maybe a lot of the content is still going to be AI aided. It's just going to be like, we call it cyborg writing, right? Like the human sure. and the machine combined. <laughs> nice. So maybe that's, that's how the, the, the future is going to go. Uh, that, that's our, our, our prediction and that's how we're starting to, to think about it. And then do you guys have a product where you go and improve content that's already written? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it we fits can, in yeah, perfect. We kind of yeah. We yeah. can upgrade. Well, we do lots of upgrades. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Awesome. Well, any other thoughts on um, the AI tools or the approach in general? I think it's, it's, it's early on. It's, it's interesting to see, um, to see how things evolve. So um, I, I think we need to be open-minded. Uh, I wouldn't, you know, shut it down. Uh, oh, neither glorified. I like. I'm kind of in the still early to tell, right? Um, I think Jasper is only like 18 months old, right? That's <laughs> so, something, yeah, yeah. And they're they're doing very very well. Um, you know, full transparency. We that's we use their tool uh, to power rocket content. Um, and they have invested a lot in the technology. So they're. I think uh, they're they're going to evolve and they're going to become better. And then their use cases maybe maybe bigger. Now the Earth. I was just in a in a call earlier this morning about people are using GPT three to automate create AI powered videos. So it takes a blog and then just kind of summarize it and creates a video automation. And I was like, oh, that blew my mind a little bit. Like uh, that was pretty cool. Uh, and we we're talking about video and the importance of video to kind of complement your content. So I think that's probably the next frontier. Um, but I, I see I see AI uh, here to stay. So. I think what what is going to happen is that they, 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 you're going to find the stable use cases and uh, and they're going to become mainstream in the future. Yep. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, like you said, the tools are improving, and I mean that's what we would expect over time. And I knew, I mean, I talked a lot of trash about the the various tools, usually not specifically, but I knew eventually they would get good enough where I needed to take a look, and that you know, that time showed up. So it's, it has been fun playing with the technology and, you know, most of the bugs are worked out so you can use the tool. And like I said, I never wanted to play with any kind of beta tools. I don't want to, I used to do that for a job. So like, I don't want to test your, <laughs> your software for you. So anyway, yeah, well, this has been great. Um, I'll let you give a little plug for uh, crowd content. What, what do you guys do? We'll put a link and all that stuff so people could check it out. But if you want to talk about what you guys sort of focus on so people have an idea. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Doc. So yeah, uh, crowd content is a, is a writing platform, all, all, all freelance based. Uh, we have over 1500 active uh, writers at any point of time. But what we're really good at uh, is a quality at a scale um where those two things two things intersect um we have found a sweet spot there uh we we think that you know you can do quality at a low scale a lot of people can some people can do that some people can do lots of volume but low quality but we have folks on where those two things intersect which is a bit we think it's hard, right? Uh, doing high qualities is hard and doing it at a scale is very, is much harder. So we focus on, on businesses that, um, have large, large needs and have a high, high bar in terms of quality. We have three brands, uh, crowd content. We have content refine, which is more tailored to affiliate marketers. And we have rocket content, which is the AI one that we just, uh, talked about. So, 
Um, yeah, and okay. we, we, we work with very large brands and uh, many digital marketing agencies, um, a lot of affiliates as well, uh, and content publishers. Awesome. Yeah, and there's a sort of a full suite of different products and you talked about the different brands and yeah, you have some big, uh, clients. I'm just looking at the website, like Lowe's and home advisor and 3M and WordPress. So these are, you know, you know, big major household names that, that people have heard of. And then you have various brands that, you know, can work with people of the right size. So, you know, you don't have to think that, uh, you have to work with the same company that is like huge. Com- so there's the right brand for the right target and what you need. So just have, have a look, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, appreciate it. Uh, so yeah, you're, you're, you're exactly right. We have, you know, different, different segments, different products for, for, for different needs. So the, the, the affiliate market is just starting with one site and one blog, you know, uh, still can be serviced that are, are, are one of, with one of our brands. Uh, but I think really what we, um, or claim to fame or what we, you know, our motto is all about quality, 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 quality. And we keep, you know, keep pushing it out, pushing it out because we know that's, that's a game and that's, you know, in content, that's, that's what really wins the day. Thanks, Carlos. Really appreciate it. And, uh, people can find you of course, at crowd content, anywhere else you want to plug, um, are you on Twitter or anything like that? Or? Yeah, I'm on Twitter, uh, Carlos J. Mesa, Mesa with a C or a Z for Canadians. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah, LinkedIn as well, uh, Carlos J. Mesa. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Ping me there. I try to, I'm trying to now you know, be more active and publish a little bit more, more quality content on, on my own to, to kind of thought leadership, things around the industry, uh, all these things. So, yeah. Uh, right on. And I'm with me there. Very good. Well, thanks. And we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, dog. Have a great one. Thanks to Carlos. It was good catching up with him. And if you have any specific questions about algorithm updates or you want to share your uh, experience just via email, I think that would be a good sort of a mailbag situation. I know a lot of people had some ups and downs in the May 2022 update. You had somewhat of a recovery for a lot of people in June. And then in July, other people were hit. And it's just been a little confusing for the people on the short end of the stick there. So if you have anything to share, any observations, any theories that you have uh, uh, yourself, feedback at Doug.show. I will say, you know, I do these live streams each week over on YouTube, usually Tuesdays, 1130 Mountain Time, if you want to check them out. And, uh, you know, there's a usual crowd often. They're cool. There's uh, randos that show up, you know. I mean, it is kind of good. I mean, I'm trying to grow the channel and all that stuff. So when randos show up, it's all right. But, you know, sometimes they just have like some pretty interesting theories based on uh, just no fucking information other than like their one site. And uh, you know what? Maybe better than mine, uh, my opinion. But yeah, you know, people have pretty strong theories about things where they have very, very, very little. I mean, I can't emphasize how much um, data they do not have. And, it, you know, most of the time, it's really hard to draw like much of a correlation. You have to have a really large amount of data and you have to, you know, do some analysis over a period of time. So anyway, it is interesting when people are like, it is absolutely not this thing. That said, I'm pretty sure 
maybe I end up sounding like that and I have just as much data as those people. So I can't, um, I can't complain too much, but anyway, if you have a theory, (laughs) if you have a theory, let me know feedback at Doug.show and be sure to check out Carlos's brands over there. Rocket content, the, uh, sneaky AI content company. So we'll see how that shakes out. And I think the use case that they're trying to pitch it with, uh, you know what? I mean, it kind of makes sense. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it could work just fine and you can take an iterative approach. And I think that is kind of what I end up doing though I use real writers, but rocket content. I'm not sure. I I think maybe he said they use Jasper, but I can't remember exactly. And, you know, sure. It's probably subject to change. Um, you know, you never know how services are going to shift up, but anyway, rocket content, then you have content refined, which that's a company I've worked with in the past. And they were acquired by crowd content, which is the sort of larger, more, uh, enterprise market, Maybe enterprise is uh, too grand of a statement, but at least it's a it's a bigger market. Usually not, you know, startup niche site owners doing stuff on the side. I think Rocket or uh, Content Refined is more on that side of the house. So anyway, you check that those uh, services out. I am an affiliate for Content Refined, and I probably will be for Rocket Content if I go uh, check it out a little bit more closely. So you could follow the uh, link in the descriptions. Those will be my affiliate links most likely. And I'd get a commission if you sign up, if you want to. And I appreciate it. It helps uh, pay for the, the, uh, the air conditioning down here in the basement while it's, it's actually it's like a hundred degrees out there. It's pretty toasty. So anyway, that's it for today. Catch you on the next episode and have a great day.